This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Everybody and welcome to episode five of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My I'm name's one of John. your hosts. That's John. He's your other host. Keeping and, the uh, awkwardness going since the beginning of this podcast. Exactly. That's what we do, right? We just kind of sit down, have a conversation, talk about stuff and things, mostly the stuff and things we watched, and then, uh, you know, we have a go of it. So, John. Yes, Mike. For the last time this season, oh. tell us about The Walking Dead. You know, I, I think that anybody who's listening to the podcast at this point knows about The Walking Dead, knows about the finale that they left us on, and most people are very, very angered by the finale. Um, they left it on the cliffhanger of all cliffhangers. Like, we've had cliffhangers, but my my views specifically are if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to show Negan coming on and having an awesome 10-minute long speech and just really fall in love with the guy, leave it at that. Yeah. Either leave it at that or, like what they did here, as probably everybody knows and I'm sure you know, is they showed him beating an unknown person to death. It yeah. was promised. It was built up. We all knew it was coming, and he beat this unknown person to death. We got to see the cheesy golden eye style blood falling down in front of the screen to signify that somebody was dead and then they left it now what i would have liked to have seen like i said either introduce him let him do his speech let him be awesome because he really was awesome jeffrey dean morgan is just amazing um and then let it end or kill the person show us who was killed and then have him say something quippy like any questions and then cut it out and then when we pick back up in October, you could say that it's been like two or three months, see how people have dealt with the death, see how people are dealing with being under his thumb, etc. But I, I, some people like the ending. A lot of people hated it. A lot of people are really mad. Yeah, there's a big uh, butthurt campaign going on about uh, they were demanding to release the name or release the, new, the next episode of the footage or this or that. And I got to say, you know... That's a new one for me. <laughs> you know, the, the about, campaign or the ending? Oh, uh, the campaign. You know, like the people, like I'm, um, you know, these internet, you know, uh, vigilantes. Yes, these these one click button clicking campaign people who just want like <laughs> to to uh, sit behind their screen and make demands and not really put much effort into more than click. Yeah, because they're pissed off about something and. And truth be told, I mean, this is not the first time we've had a major cliffhanger on a television show. Who shot JR? Who What's shot Mr. Hatch? Burns? Yeah. What's in the hatch? What's in the hatch? You know, I mean, all kinds of things. I mean, okay, um, was it seven? What's in the box? Yep. Still yeah. don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I just, it, and it's not just this. I mean, this is just another thing in the long line of these, you know, button-clicking campaigners or We're trying to make a difference in the world. What'd you say? Or slacktivists, as they're sometimes Slacktivists, yes, that's a great word as well. So, yes. um, truth be told, I'm really glad I didn't watch Walking Dead this season, and I'll tell you why. Because the show ended yet again with our heroes uh, under the thumb of someone else. Right. And that has been the ongoing pattern, you know, since the end of season two, pretty much. And I just, I, you know what? I'm done with that. I just, I can't, it's just, no, no, it's, no, 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 no. They're rehashing the same story with a different heel. 
I gotta say though, Mike, as one horror fan to another, the rest of this episode was yeah. so intense and it was yeah. so stressful that literally I was kind of losing my mind. Like, everybody's talking about the ending and about Negan and stuff like that, but they're skipping over the fact that Greg Nicotero directed an amazingly thrilling episode. Like, from the moment they're driving down the road in their Winnebago and they're like, we got to get Maggie to the hilltop, she's sick. And the road's blocked by three vehicles, you know, six, seven guys with guns. They got a hostage out there, and they're like, no, you turn around, go back where you came from. They're like, oh, you know, it's kind of a stressful thing, but, you know, it's a standoff. They let them go. Okay, no problem. But then every different road that they go down, there's another thing. You know, there's a giant wall of logs that get set on fire. There's a bigger roadblock of people. There's a chain of walkers. I can't do it justice by just describing it, but you would love this. It was so mental and so psychological. They really did. When they talked on Talking Dead afterwards, they said that this was about breaking Rick down because he's been so confident and so cocky and saying, you know, we could do anything if we put our minds to it. This whole episode was designed to break him down, to show him you can't do Jack. And it was so good, Mike. It was so psychological. I loved it. And take your word for it. If you ever get around to it, I want to know. I did watch uh, uh, Negan's speech at the end. I yep. watched the clip they put up there. <laughs> I will say that was pretty amazing. Uh, my other favorite is the meme out there of uh, the Dean and Sam Winchester cheering, <laughs> saying, let's go, Dad. Or, That's Great right, job, Dad. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was pretty fantastic. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so, well, I'm glad you liked it. I, you know that – go ahead. I'm sorry. Nope, I was just going to say I liked it. Um, that wasn't our only season finale this week. No? What would no. you call another season finale that was on this week? Uh, Sleepy Hollow had their season finale. Ah. Did you watch Ragnarok? I did not watch Ragnarok. <sighs> See, and I know I said we were going to throw spoilers out there, but I, I don't. I can't do it to you. Okay. That's a pretty pretty uh, significant episode. Huh. Well, I... It uh, It's interesting, just the title alone, Ragnarok is Norse mythology, and up until now they've been dealing with Native American and uh, colonial yeah. type things. It's 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 basically, did you, you watched how the end of the previous episode ended, you know, where... No, I haven't been watching it all this season, remember? I oh, you I, have? Oh, screw it then, I'm going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I forgot so, the show was... So, uh, last week's episode, second to last, uh, yep. Abby's dad appears. Oh, okay. And... Uh, he apparently knows all about the supernatural, of course. Of course. Um, and they killed off Joe. Really? They legit killed Joe, um, Abby's sister's boyfriend. I can't think of her name, but yeah, they killed him off. He was a um, oh, Wendigo. He oh. kept transforming into a he would transform into a Wendigo, and then he, he they beat the curse. But then near the end, Pandora made him transform again, and then they thought they beat it again, but they just didn't, and and she ended up killing him. And I was pretty shocked. I was like, "Holy shit! They just killed Abby! Uh, they just killed Abby uh, Joe!" And I was like, "Whoa! I didn't expect that at all." Um, and that was last episode. You said that was the second to last episode, and then in the last episode, the season finale, Ragnarok. They killed Abby. Really? Like, like, legit, Abby Mills' character is dead. Nicole Beryl, or however you say her last name, Barely, has left the show. So they legit killed off her character. They killed off one of the witnesses. And I was very shocked to see that as well, which explains why they were building another... There was a, a, another FBI agent that got let in on what was going on, and then another person got let in what was going on and who Ichabob and everything was. So, like, this whole season we've had 
we had like a cast of five battling. And then near the end, we had the cast of six. And then all of a sudden, Abby's dad Noel knows everything going on and whatnot. And, um, but yeah, they, they killed off Abby. She, um, sacrificed herself to, uh, Pandora's box so that it would trap this ultimate evil, the bad guy that we've dealt with all season in the box. And then Ichabod bought the horseman back to kill Pandora. And then he walked off. And then, yeah, it was just like, so next season, either the show's getting canceled, which I don't know if it's been picked up or not. So if it doesn't, then I guess we're okay with it the way it ended. Um, because it's not like it's a big mystery. Are they going to bring her back? She's, she's gone. Um, otherwise, uh, next season's going to be just Ichabod and I don't know, like maybe a whole new cast of people with him. Cause her sister kind of went off on her own too, saying she had to deal with some stuff, seeing how her sister and boyfriend are both dead. So I don't know what's going to happen next year in Sleepy Hollow. Interesting. But, yeah, yeah. Another season finale. Two huh. this week. Yeah. So they really killed her off. She's left the show. You don't think this is going to be one of those where, like, they pull a supernatural and, oh, but I sacrificed myself, but now I'm back. And Well, no, I thought they were going to do that because she sacrificed herself a lot. And then the episode got over and I went to go look, because uh, I watched it on Hulu, so I went to go read the synopsis for next week. And I'm like, oh, that's the season finale. And then I read more and I was like, oh, she's legit left the show. Okay. All right, then. Huh. Kind of like when... Um, Cart, not, yeah, Carter left Person of Interest. Was it Carter? Yes. Yeah, when she left Person of Interest, that was shocking. That it was, was very shocking. It was a popular show that she left mid, uh, you know, while it was still popular. So, uh, real quick. Yes. Uh, we had uh, corrections and omissions last week, and uh, I, I don't have any corrections or admission this week, but I, I would like to read a comment that I shared with you previously from one of our listeners. Uh, a hip cat named Aaron who wanted to uh, express his opinion on Superman v. Batman or Batman v. Superman. Gotcha. So I'm just going to go ahead and read, uh, read what he had to say. And it just basically says, uh, okay, so here's my take on why every single reviewer slash detractor of Beaver, Batman v. Superman is hundred percent wrong about the movie. Everyone who has hated this movie says things like Superman isn't Superman in this movie, et cetera, et cetera. Well, no crap. He's not Superman in this movie. They never once call him Superman or refer to him as such. They refer to him as the Superman. He is still in his own personal growth period. So he's obviously not going to be the Superman everyone has come to love over the years. The timeline of Man of Steel through Batman vs. Superman is a few weeks from when he comes forward with his powers. No one would be able to become totally unconflicted about how to use these abilities and become the shining beacon of light in a couple weeks, maybe even just days. But from the start of this movie to the end, he shows growth of character. So he's getting closer to being what the people want. Sure, the movie has a darker feel to it, but I don't see any real issues with it. As for Batman, holy Batfleck is the single greatest Batman, Bruce Wayne, to ever grace the screen. I was 100% against the casting because I hate him so much as an actor. As a director, I like him very much. But wow, he was incredible. Another comment you made was how Wonder Woman really wasn't in the movie much. She's in it a bunch, both in and out of character. And when she's in character as Wonder Woman, oh my goodness. I was literally, and I don't understand this word, but squeeing in my seat. I'm guessing he was excited. I think the last thing I want to sort of correct you on was what you said about Kevin Smith's review of the movie. Yeah, I guess he watched it a second time, and he said he liked it a little bit better this time. So, but, um, yeah, that's basically kind of what he had to say. 
And that's cool. You know, we're not claiming that we are the be-all, end-all reviewers out there. We're not saying that we're experts, and certainly neither one of us has seen the movie. But uh, Correct, and we've, we've made that abundantly clear. Yep. Uh, and we will watch it once it's available on home video. Right. But uh, otherwise, I don't plan on watching it anytime soon. Right. Um, but I just wanted to share Aaron's opinion, because I thought it was actually really well written and really thought out, and it actually did give me pause for a moment. To maybe reconsider my my initial feelings, but um, yeah, yeah, and and that's cool. I uh, I appreciated the feedback as well. I've I didn't just read the critic reviews, but I actually read in depth uh, breakdowns where people were saying, you know, hey, we've got questions about this movie. Yes. What about this? What about this? And they seemed like legitimate points that I would have questioned as well, because I yeah. tend to be a bit critical when I see movies like this. Yes. yes. Um, I'll get into that when I talk about the movie that I watched this week. But, yeah, I I think I probably would have had the same questions that these people had. So that's why I'm leaning that way. Yeah. Well, you know, I just um, – and I, and I lean to agree with you, and I still kind of feel the way I feel about it as well. Uh, but I just – I thought Aaron had such a nice, well-written response, and he took the time to message us on the Twitter there. Which is awesome. Yeah, so I just – I felt like I wanted to share it with others. And yeah. if you have the same or different opinion of Aaron, please feel free to message us on the Twitter. That's right. And uh, I'll be glad to uh, reply back. We always appreciate the feedbacks. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm going to jump into Grim now. Yes. Grim. Are you, are you Grim caught up? I am Grim caught up. Fantastic. So uh, I got two episodes real quick. I'm going to highlight the end of uh, a couple weeks ago and then uh, this most Fridays. And that has to do with uh, Juliet. Uh, going M. to the, uh, the witch's hat. I'm sorry, Eve. Thank you. Going to the witch's hat and uh, becoming, and that, you could tell it was going to be a guy. And I'm like, if this is Nick, I'm just going to stop watching the show. <laughs> Isn't it great when a show reaches that point that like one yeah. thing can push you over the edge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was, it wasn't. You know, it was R- Renard. So I was like, oh, sweet. All right, all right, all right. Let's get. I'll keep watching the show. Um, and then they're not doing the old uh, bait and switch where she's going to replace him permanently. It's more of a she's going to go undercover as him. And poorly, can I say? Oh, God, that was actually quite funny when it came time for him, her him, to have sex. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, so... Um, but uh, I, I'm surprised it took them this long to finally do, like, a revival church minister who vogues as part of his shtick. Yeah, I found myself scratching my head saying, boy, that really should have been a long time coming. Yeah, I, I'm, like, I, when they, I was like, oh, finally, I thought this would be like a season one premise. Yeah, yeah, it just seems like there are certain aspects of our real life where voguing would give you that kind of a benefit like this. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I know... Uh, the show, everything seems to happen in Portland, so I'm just surprised it took this long, especially for this. But it was it was a well-done episode. It was played out well. I liked it, actually. Yeah, I had a uh, thing that popped up for me that I wanted to ask you about because Shoot. I know that uh, one, of the, one of the things that we've talked about a number of times here in the past, and we actually can't this week because Lucifer wasn't on, but you, know, you said that you had a problem with Lucifer because they always have to find a way to include him on an investigation because it always has to be about him. But if you look at Grimm who's actually been doing it for many more years, every case that Nick's involved in has something to do with a Vessen. Well, I've just accepted that Portland is a natural place for Vessen to congregate. It's like something draws them there. 
Right, but I mean, we never get to see Nick investigating a straight-up homicide that has nothing to do with Vesson. Every time he's doing some kind of an investigation, it turns out to be something Vesson. Like, I why doesn't he ever have a normal murder? I feel like there was one episode that they thought was Vesson-related, but it turned out not being, it just turned out being people being not good people. But now that I'm saying that out loud, that was actually an episode of Supernatural where they thought a house was haunted by a ghost, but it wasn't. They were just scumbags. <laughs> not good people. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. You know, I never considered it, uh, maybe because I like the show so much. Yeah. And I like the cast. And to be honest, uh, the, the, the voice of the actor who's playing Lucifer, um, it's it, it, it's just, it, it's, it's, I don't find it easy on the ears. Ah, we're digging down deeper in the rabbit hole. Yeah, I find it a little annoying at times. And I think that, <laughs> I think that's also possibly one of the reasons why I'm kind of like, yeah. Gotcha. But there's only three episodes left. I'm going to stick it out these next three episodes. Yeah, you are. And uh, I'm just going to see where it goes. Good. Um, I uh, I know you don't watch it, but I really, I've kind of touched on it in the past, but I really wanted to jump in and say that iZombie was on this week. It's the last episode, I believe, before the season finale next week. And this show is just a lot of fun. Yeah. It's such a goofy, stylized uh, version of a zombie thing that I just, the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it. The characters are really cool. Every scene, like when they come back from commercial, it always starts looking like a comic book panel, and there's always some kind of cutesy, uh, stylized title for this scene coming up. Uh, it's done by Rob Thomas, who, as you might know, is actually an artist-musician. Uh, he, well, he helped create it. He helped bring it out of the pages of the comics. Uh, they gave him a good shout-out this week, talking about how Rob Thomas does great music, and anything with him in it is great. But That's in, cool. but in general, the entire concept of the show is just so much fun and so lighthearted that I have a hard time finding it annoying or not wanting to watch it. I just genuinely enjoy watching it every week. Cool. It's something I haven't checked out. Maybe I will. You're not giving me the hard sell like you did Limitless, which the wife and I did watch a few more episodes and <laughs> must say we are both really enjoying it. <laughs> Brian Finch is awesome. Yeah, we are both really enjoying it. I think we've watched up to episode four now. So. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Franking yeah. right along. Well, the wife doesn't like to sit down and binge watch as much as I can, but that's fine. That's right. That's fine. Well, um, go ahead. What have you found that you've liked in it? You know, what's especially drawing you in? Uh, just him as a character. Like, I like what, okay, when he's off the NZT, the, the lighting is different. The screen's almost kind of darker, kind of... Yeah. Blander, and then when he's on the NCT, all the whole like screen's brighter, yep, and more vibrant and everything. That's kind of neat. I just enjoy him as a character when he's on the drugs, how he acts, and everything. Like uh, the episode where um, they're at the uh, drug pharmaceutical company trying to find out uh, the information on this uh, virus that only attacks the uh, Genghis Khan gene, or yes. yeah, Genghis Khan gene. Yeah, and uh, he comes out and he's looking around. and He's like, "Oh, these people hate their boss," and he's like, "Hey." Uh, uh, your boss is using all your research to kill people, and I'm sure you can't like that. I mean, this guy's kind of a douchebag, anyways. <laughs> so, if you want to like anonymously, anonymously, anonymously email me some information about this, feel free. I, I don't have an FBI email address. Do I? She's like, no, 
Like, I was like, all right. So I can't remember. It was like screaming bear at like redonet.com or whatever. And like the boss was like, you need to get out of here now. And then his phone beeps and goes, oh, there's one. Oh, two. Oh, there's another. Oh, oh, oh these people don't like you at all. Or something like that. Or goes, oh, no. The, uh, he goes, um, like, he goes, the, uh, threatening that you were, that you uh, weren't going to be going to jail. Oh, that was, that was good for you or something like that. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, scenes like that, just his character in general, I, I find I enjoy. Yeah, he's a man child, but he can yeah. do it so well. Yeah. Um, so I, I like his bodyguards, Mike and Ike. Yes. And yes. The Mike's like, that's not my name. But that's our thing, right? We joke around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't do any spoilers because you guys are enjoying it and you're catching up. But this was, I, again, I think we're on the second to the last episode this past week. Yeah. And it was called Hi, My Name is Rebecca Harris. And it focuses more on her, you know, his handler. And once again, so well done. Um, She kind of does more of the narrating than he does in this episode. And so it's really nice to switch up the perspective. She still is a cool character. He's, of course, there and he's awesome. But I just I found myself scratching notes constantly on this one because they're really building such a good world around this. They're really doing such a good job of making me care about the characters and care about the story that's happening. Yeah, it's hard to get people to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering that at its core, it's a procedural. You know, it's a castle yes. or an NCIS. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is. Um, speaking of castle, castle was on this week. Yeah, Pretty good episode. Yep. Um, it was really obvious right from the beginning, though, when they have to get Hoovy's ex girlfriend out of prison that she was in on it. She's gonna screw him over. I mean, like all the stereotypical things that happen, like in a movie or any other comedy series or anything like this happened in this episode. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about that last night on a movie and I said, you know, after a while you get kind of tired of the typical tropes, you know, in this one, they even went so far as to literally have it be her sitting there talking to him seductively saying, can I get that hot shower? You can join me if you want. And as an audience member who's seen, five TV shows in their life, even, you know that she's going to slip out the window of the bathroom. Of course she is. And it's just like um, when Javi's like, oh, can I give her a ride? I'll give her a ride back to prison. And Kate's like, oh, you probably shouldn't do that. I, I owe her this. I'm like, oh, he's going to screw this up. <laughs> of course he and is. And then he's like, well, let's go to my mom's for dinner. I'll just pop in unannounced. Right. It's just and, like, uh... and he would pop in unannounced, and then his mom was like, I've been waiting for you. We've all been waiting for Wait, why were you waiting for him if this was unannounced? Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, she cut the bracelet and jumped out the window. And we all know from uh, Help Me Out, USA show. A Suits? Nope, another no, uh, one. White collar. White cat, white collar. We all know from white collar. Those things don't cut that easy. No, not with a pair of kitchen scissors. Yeah, no, not even not meat a, scissors, kitchen yeah, scissors. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that was um, Yeah. It so, was but, a fun episode. Yeah, it was. Otherwise, it was a good episode. Yeah. I did enjoy it. I thought in the very beginning when Lainey said, I'm so glad that you and Castle are back together, she was kind of speaking for the audience. Yes. We've all been saying enough is enough. Yes. Stupid ruse. Yeah, it was quite... Quite dumb, but uh, yeah, I'm glad, definitely glad to see that that's over with. Uh, real quick comment on Blind Spot: They did an episode this week that wasn't tattoo related. Oh my god! Yeah, how, um, how did they have a plot? 
Well, the thing is, is it started out seeming like it was going to be tattoo related. In fact, even the analyst there, Ashley Johnson, I believe I even heard she even said, oh, yes, it's tattoo related. (laughs) But then we never saw the tattoo and then they never talked about it. And then they just had the episode and they just did the case. And then that was that. Maybe they're, too, testing the waters and saying, could we do this show without the tattoos? We've been listening to that podcast, and Mike's not sure that we can actually do a show without the tattoos. Maybe that's what it is, but they pulled it off. They did, it was a decent enough episode, and they did a show. They did an episode without the tattoos. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So so you liked the episode without the tattoos? And I did. I did like the episode without the tats. Did it so. renew your faith that the show will be able to carry you forward through another season? No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> It wasn't that good. I mean, it's it, technically, I mean, they got to do it again. Gotcha. They got to do it again. All right. Um, so the ranch, I finished up the first 10 episodes of the ranch. That's the first wow. half of the season. The second half of the season will be out later this year. It's a good show. It's, uh, it's not exactly one that uh, you may like. It's a little Roseanne escorts, kind of like blue collar type uh, work going on. Um, Gotcha, but uh, I enjoy. I like Sam Elliott. I like uh, I like Danny uh, Danny Masterson there. Ashton Kutcher is funny on the show. Uh, it's a good interaction between the cast, so it's it's decent. You know, it's a half hour long. It's uh, it's good. Yeah, it, that's. I mean, like, what would be your hard sell to bring somebody into this? Like, not necessarily me, but you know, if, I, if I'm being honest, I don't know if I could even do a hard sell to bring someone into it because, like, um. I mean, it's a comedy. It's, like I said, it's Roseanne-esque as far as, like, uh, it's blue-collar workers dealing with everyday life. And then, of course, some over-the-top comedy as well, but not, like, slapsticky. Um, you know, I don't think I could do a hard sell. <laughs> it's not a show that I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. It's just more of a show It's like, yeah, that was pretty good. Okay. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Does it have at least one awkward romance between one of the brothers and some girl where they're on again, off again? We don't know if they'll get together or not. Oh, yeah, of course it does. Okay. Uh, but it has to do with uh, Ashton Kutcher's character and Eliza Dushku's character where they were together in high school and or college and then broke up and then he's moved back. And there, he's in his mid-30s and now he's dating like a 22-year-old. And she's dating like the the kid that was the loser dork band geek in school, and and um, he clearly still likes her. And then we find out she clearly still likes him. Oh, and then Danny Masterson starts dating uh, Ashton Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher's girlfriend's mother. Wow, that's kind of weird. Well, yeah, but see, she's only 22, and so the ma's only like 45. She had her when she was younger or something, and, you know, he's in his mid-30s as well. I think he's supposed to be okay. 34, 35, so I it's not you. that weird. But uh, the, the that girl's played by um, the mom on Grounded for Life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, hmm. But anyway, so yeah, so there's a couple weird... Oh, and then the Sam Elliott and his wife, uh, they're separated, but they're still kind of together. So there's a big love triangle going on, pretty much with every character or romance-type issues going on. See, I was hoping that if I if I gave you enough time and I gave you enough topics, you could sell me on it, but you're right. I, I just don't see anything yeah. in there. I mean, you almost had me at Eliza Dushku, because I haven't seen it's, her in forever. But. It's essentially just go watch an episode, and if you like it, just watch another one. Gotcha. And it's one of those things where you're going to find yourself be like, uh, you know, I'll just throw another episode on while I'm sitting here doing this. Right. Okay. So, yeah. 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 All right. So, uh, yeah, well, I wasn't trying to. 
I really wasn't. So, um, Arrow. Arrow, 11.59. I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm digging Lance, Captain Lance more and more. Yes. Yeah, he's kind of grown as a character, huh? Yeah, he, like, they're starting to let him kind of have more of a personality. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually digging it more and more. Yeah, they so, gave that humorous arc on the B episode where he got to be yep. a, a funny guy, and now he's just really a strong character. Who would well, have thought? Okay, the, the part of this episode, the only time we really see him in this episode is, like, it's more than midway through. It's kind of near the end, and it's where he goes to provide the distraction at the site, you know what I mean? Right. So that they can get in <laughs> to try and stop Damien Dark and everything. And he's like, let me see, Lieutenant, whatever, and then... um What's your dad doing here? Oh, he's providing us a distraction. He just punched Lieutenant Rice. Yeah, we're he, they're distracted now. I mean that whole right. like that whole bit. I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, so I got a complaint. Oh, good. I got a complaint, and it's not just this episode. It's every show, movie, on and on and on. And I, they spoofed it on Austin Powers a bit, essentially. Uh, but it's where the bad guy stabs the heroine with an arrow in her lower right abdomen and maybe she's gonna die maybe not but it's definitely not a clear cut oh i just effing killed her right it's not like a throat slashing or or right directly in the heart or through the brain or anything like that it's not like oh this person's definitely dead it's gonna be oh they're gonna have a long dragged out agonizing death maybe maybe not um and i'm still not convinced honestly that she's dead because they had that uh Promise me all one her, thing. Yeah, promise me one thing. Cut away so that you're just seeing them together, and all of a sudden, you know, she's dead. I just used to quote fingers. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced either. Yeah. Especially, uh, I don't know if you had read this, but they're talking that on an upcoming episode of Flash, we're going to meet Earth 2's Black Canary. Oh, no, they're not. by Katie Cassidy. No, they're not talking about it. It's happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to be uh, Black Siren or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it hasn't yeah. happened in the show, but yes. No, 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 it but is. it's been filmed. It's the right. second to last episode. Gotcha. You know, it's already been filmed. It's the second to last episode that she's appearing as this character. So, yeah. But I'm not 100% that Laurel's Laurel Lance is dead. Nope. Um, they certainly, this was my gripe, was, well, one of my two gripes. They certainly built it up. Like, I mean, they telegraphed it from the beginning. Hey, look, she's getting a new job offer. Hey, look, her yeah. life is going to move forward. Hey, look, she's talking about possibly leaving the team. Dun, dun, dun. You know what? Uh, Age of Ultron, we all thought Hawkeye was going <laughs> right. to get killed because they did the same thing to Jeremy Renner. Right. Oh, look, at, we're going to build this character so we can kill it. And they didn't. They killed Quicksilver. <laughs> so uh, that was a that, that was kind of a surprise there. But, that yes, you're right. Sweden. I mean, come on. That was um, Joss Whedon. But, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. They. Oh, I'm going to – one last time I'm going to put the mask on. That's one time too many black right. hair. So and, and it was nice that right before this they also announced that Curtis is being upgraded to a full cast member in the next season. Next season, yes, exactly, which helps. Um, but yeah, so my we'll see. yeah, and my second complaint, and I think you're probably going to share this one. I was really surprised when you said that your main complaint was that because do we really need the flashbacks anymore? No, we're. I think I. Th- I swear to God, this is they got <laughs> to end them this season. Yeah. See, I need that. Have to end them this season. Yes, they have to because I. And again, again, they're less happening, less and less. But it's just like, okay, great. 
the idol was on the island originally with Oliver. Okay. And look, look, he Gosh. shot somebody, and the dead soul powered up the idol. That yeah. way, we can explain why he does it now. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly what happened. So Damien Dark's got his powers back. I got to be honest, I'm not completely unhappy with that because, like we talked about, I like the actor. Yeah. And gone. so I'm glad to see he's going to be on the show more. And, and you know, and now Hive was is it Hive? Yes. Yeah, Hive is just, they deserted him, so you know he's going to go get revenge. Oh, of course he is. So, yeah, so that's going to be, uh, that's going to be awesome. It's, uh, again, it's one of those, like you said, with them, st- with him grabbing an arrow and stabbing her in the gut. If yeah. this guy can stop everybody, he obviously has superpowered telekinesis, okay? Yeah. So yeah. if he can lift them off the ground, choke them, etc., what's to keep him from just snapping necks? Like, right. Like, flick of the wrist, done. The whole room just collapses. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, the problem uh, with having a super-powered villain. <laughs> right, right. You know the best super-powered villain I think I've still seen, and I can't remember the gimmick's name, but uh, it was David Tennant on Jessica Jones. I oh, can't yes. That guy's name, but the he purple was, man. Yes, he was phenomenal as him. Kevin Kilgrave. <laughs> yes, as Kilgrave. There we go. Yes, he was absolutely amazing as a villain, as Kilgrave on Jessica Jones. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk about it's, overpowered. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like, like I was just saying, you know, Damien Dark has all this power, but he doesn't use it because, right. and you know it's just because the writers of the show want to keep the heroes in the spotlight. But literally, with that kind of power, he could just snap their necks. He could throw them through a plate glass window and impale them on the glass that shattered. Yeah. But in this case, Kilgrave was stupidly powerful and use it to his advantage, you know? Yes. Go walk off the cliff, and they would. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it was cool. But then he also was tormented. You see that part where he's just like, when I ask someone to do something, are they doing it because they want to or because I've I've told them to? Right, exactly. It's like he can't even say, like, hi, how are you doing today? Or, like, do you like me? Yeah, so you, you know, almost humanized with him. Whereas yeah. in Dark, you can't humanize no, with him. No, not yet. Not yet, at least. Still, I think something's going to happen where uh, his wife is going to get assassinated or attempted assassinated or something's going to happen. I know it's already happened where Arrow saved his kid, and so he gave him that reprieve, you know. Right. Um, but some, something's going to happen again where they're going to have to work together. I know that's going to happen. Um, I was talking to somebody about this, and they said that the next episode is probably going to be a competition between Diggle and uh, Oliver to see who can possibly blame themselves more for death. <laughs> Oliver is going to say, I should have protected this city. I shouldn't have let her go out. And Diggle's going to say, so I, I should have believed you. My brother. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He was bad. My yeah, brother's it, bad. It is going to be a guilt off. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly. That's Oliver's real superpower is guilt. Self-guilt, rather. Um, But along those lines, we jump into uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. Did you watch that this week? I did. I did watch this this week. Go ahead and give me your thoughts. Well, uh, my first thought was excitement because I saw a special guest star, Jules State. And I know I love Jewel State. Me too. And then by the end of the episode, finding out she was a throwaway character really yep. made me upset. Uh, she's a very minor throwaway character. It was rather upsetting. Yeah. Now, yeah. if she had put on a suit, like if she had put on her great, 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 great grandfather's suit and um, done something about fighting them, that would have been a bit cooler. But they didn't. She just was there. Um, 
honestly, I felt that uh, it was partly a strong episode. I was excited about the episode until we got into that weird, stupid, awkward, forced, romantic thing with uh, Kendra and Ray. And we get to see all of her stupid flashbacks to, oh, yeah. Oh, we loved each other and we had a baby boy. And then Ray thinking that he had a child and it grew up without a father. And even Martin Stein, like at one point, Ray was like, if I had been there to be a father, then this never would have happened. And Vandal Savage wouldn't have his robots. And Stein's like, a uh, bit of a stretch, don't you think? I still but, like how that, no matter what they did, they didn't. They didn't change. They actually made the future worse. Yes, because obviously Rip Hunter is terrible at what he does. Yeah, because that, and that's pretty much all they've done is they. They don't seem to be able to prevent or change anything for the better. They are not quantum leaping this at all. Correct. It, it was. Um, it was kind of dumb. <laughs> like they literally had an opportunity to not even stop Savage, but just stop one certain aspect that would kill billions of people. Yeah. And they managed to make it worse. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Way to make yeah. it happen. <laughs> they really, we're just, just ragging on all the shows, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I think that they've got it coming. Some of them just have it coming. I think we're at that. Okay, we're going to we're going to we're starting to soup up for the end of the season. So we're going to have to have a couple of a uh, couple of stinker episodes leading into to building towards some uh, some better ones. There you go. Let's go with that. That makes yeah. it sound more noble. I think that's what we have going on. <laughs> um, so I'm going to jump over to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, S.H.I.E.L.D. Good episode. Good episode. I like Good. the concept of them seeing the future, not being able to change it. It's kind of different. I loved when Fitz went off on the rant trying to explain the yes. fourth dimension of time and yes. try to relate it to two and three dimensional. It yes. was just awesome. It was. And apparently Daisy's in the spacecraft, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, she saw the future, so you would assume that. Yeah. But I have a feeling that, you know, it's kind of like the trick that they did where Coulson quote unquote shot her, but it was really oh. a reflection in the mirror. Right. So it could be seeing things from a shoulder mounted camera of whoever's in the spaceship. Okay, that's true. That's true. But, yeah, still. I, I, I'm still not sure why we even have a spaceship with a shield person on it out there. I, I wonder if that's going to relate somehow to Civil War. Ooh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? They, yeah. they really do have to do something about shield and Civil War, bring them into it, because... You know, the, we've talked about it before. The Inhumans really are at the heart of yep. this whole yep. registration. I just uh, read this morning that there's rumors that somehow they're tying in Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Jessica Jones into Civil War. Because there's a character who's Alfred. on... Huh? What was that? Did I lose you? Oh, uh, I believe that the character you're talking about is Alfrey Woodard. Well, that's the real actress's name. Yes, yes. But there's there's some character overlapping going on between those and uh, Civil War. Nothing official. Like, they've announced that she's on the show, going to be in the movie, but they haven't said what her role is yet. Right. But I would imagine it's Marvel. They're not going to make her play something else here if she's playing something else, you know. And then there's the talk that, or it's been said that the guy that's playing Luford Cage... Oof. The guy that's playing, what? <laughs> I don't know what I just said. The guy that's playing Luke Cage 
as well as uh, Daredevil, are going to be at the red carpet premiere. So either that just could be cross-promotion or perhaps they're in it. Some right. sort of cameo type thing. Who knows? But mm. it'll be interesting to see because I have to go see Civil War when it comes out. We have to figure out. Uh, yes. Because I, I, I got to see it. Yes, absolutely. Um, did you notice in this episode of S.H.I.E.L.D., I kind of made a note of it, Hydra is being a lot less subtle. I mean, they brought a jet-type thing, VTOL, into the middle oh, of no. a city yeah. street and just started nuking, like rockets and blowing up police cars and kidnapping people. Yeah, they weren't subtle at all. No, for a shadowy organization, that wasn't very shadowy. That was pretty bright. Well, they really needed that guy for some reason, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely not uh, incognito whatsoever. Right. Um, so, did, yeah, I'm looking forward to see where the rest of the season goes. Yeah, did you notice that uh, Ward, now that he's in full-on uh, Hive, not to be confused with the DC Universe's Hive organization, but now that he's in full-on Hive mode, he's kind of dressing like Neo from The Matrix? Yes, and he doesn't look as gaunt as he did before. He's looking much healthier. Yep. But, yes, but, you know, I think it's kind of good. They've completely changed the way he dresses. They've completely changed the way he talks to signify that he's not Ward anymore. He's definitely right. somebody else. So, yes, even though he's dressing weird, it lo- it, it makes sense. It's yes. a further departure, so you're not relating the two. Right. Kind of like uh, Harrison Wells and Dr. Wells there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With the baseball cap. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And just the way he talks now, he calls Barry, you know, Alan instead right. of Barry. And so. Yep. I, I felt that the exosuit in this episode was kind of a throwaway. Like, they seem to feel like that was kind of the point. They bought the the organization. They bought the whole building and the yep. patents and everything so that they could have this exosuit and then put it on, you know, big, high, mucky muck Hydra guy. Yeah. But there never seemed to be any kind of fruition unless this is a down the road kind of thing. Hydra is going to be mass producing them for their soldiers. Right. Yeah, you're right. They did pretty much introduce that and then and then break it straight away. So, yeah, that's all I can figure is that they're, they've got a bigger plan in mind, which he kept saying that. You know, Hive yep. kept saying that he's thinking bigger picture and down the road. and I don't know. And then, of course, you know, he, the senator got away. Powers Booth will think to, <laughs> to be in the Marvel Cinematic or Marvel TV universe once again. I really thought when they first introduced him that he was going to be a, a one-shot because, I mean, yeah. it's Powers Booth. You know? I didn't think he was going to be around this long. <laughs> but he's got a major role this season. Yeah. Yeah, he really does. Speaking of people that came back that I didn't think would be uh, coming back again, Supernatural. <laughs> Go uh, right ahead. Rowena was killed. I loved it. I hated her as a character. Mm. And then she's back this episode because, of course, she has a magical implant, conveniently enough, that uh, once it senses her body's life force has stopped, it reanimates her, I guess. I don't know, man. Every time I saw her on that show, I think she had a couple of magical implants. <laughs> You're talking about boobs. So. Indeed. But I actually, I liked her this episode. What? Shut up. I know. I did. Like, she actually played sympathetic, not obnoxious, arrogant, brash, over the top, want to just rip her throat out. She, her character has always been that way no matter what scenario she's in, but she was truly afraid of the darkness. So and, let me guess. She was afraid of the darkness, so she helped the darkness. That's my guess. Uh, yes. <laughs> but then she helped Crowley and the Winchesters to try to uh, basically exercise 
Lucifer out of um, Castiel. That didn't work out. Because, of course, he's in Castiel. Right, right, right. So, well, you knew that, right? Well, I've been kind of following some of the write-ups. Well, like I'll see okay. reviews and stuff. So, yeah. Essentially, kinda... Castiel said yes to Lucifer that he could take his uh, meat suit because Lucifer could said he could destroy the darkness and Castiel thought it was the only way. And so there's this kind of comical scene. Um, there's kind of there's this kind of comical scene in it where um, Castiel, where they've got like the um, one of their signias on the ground that Lucifer's standing on. They summons him. Then they put down the fire oil, the hell's oil around him and everything to keep him so he can't move. And then Crowley actually uh, black smokes into him. And so they're, now you're in Castiel's brain, and you got Lucifer, Castiel, and Crowley. And, you know, Castiel is pretty much just like, oh, whatever. I don't want to leave. This is good. This is what needs to be done. And so um, Crowley eventually gets exercised out of him. <laughs> Not <laughs> Lucifer, but Crowley does. Okay. And Crowley takes off because he's like, nope, screw this. And the fire goes out. Marina runs away. And so the Winchesters are stuck with uh Lucifer, who's going to kill him, and uh, he probably wants lunch, and um, the darkness shows up, okay, uh, Amara. Yeah. And so, of course, Lucifer got his hand on, hands on another hand of God, and he absorbs the power, because the big thing is that an archangel who's absorbed the power, and Lucifer's an archangel, can use that to kill Amara. Well, when he tries, it doesn't work. Aw, performance issues. We've all had them. Yeah, and instead he takes, she takes him and flees. She helps Sam and Dean because she's magically drawn to Dean because of the... uh, Mark uh, of Cain. Mark of Cain, yeah. So then she leaves, and now she's torturing Cass to try and get God to come out. Essentially, that's what she said, is that she's she's going to torture Castiel's character because she thinks God will finally come to save him. To so, save his favorite son. Gotcha. And so, and then the Winchester's basically like, well, it obviously didn't work because Lucifer was cast from cast from heaven. So he's, he's a fallen archangel. So, yeah, that's why it didn't work. Um, but basically now they've kind of painted themselves into a corner. There's five episodes left this season. If God doesn't appear, you know, it's pretty much, there's nothing else that can happen. The uh, the show, honestly, there's nothing else that can happen anyway. Yeah. I mean, I was even uh, at a con yesterday, and I was hearing people talking about Supernatural, and they said the same thing that we've said, which is apparently the consensus across the board, which is, where do you go from here? You're yeah. literally right now fighting, quote-unquote, the darkness, the yeah. one thing that God and all of his angels had to go against. Right. You succeed here, there's nowhere else to go. Because literally, all they could do is fight God. And then if right. you fight God, what? Yeah, so Agni. I'm really curious what they're going to do with season 12. I'll probably keep watching because I do enjoy those episodes, those uh, non-mythology storyline episodes. Um, But this episode actually, I mean, for what it was, uh, it did a lot to advance the storyline, which it hasn't done the last few. So it did a lot to advance the mythology of the season storyline. But it does also, like I said, paint them in a corner of where they're going to go next. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, with that, I'm I'm done TV shows. 
All right. Well, I, got, I got a couple movies to talk about. So right. go I got a couple of short TV shows that I wanted to talk about. Um, sure. Kind of an odd choice, pun intended, but The Odd Couple came back. Oh, it did? Uh, yeah. I don't know if you ever watched that. Uh, but basically, it's a modern reimagining of the original. Uh, I believe it was Neil Simon did The Odd Couple. And uh, you've got Matthew Perry and Thomas Lennon. And honestly, over the years, I've discovered that I would basically watch Thomas Lennon eat cereal and still enjoy it because the guy is a riot. Everything that he does is just comic genius. You know, he was he had such a small role in uh, I Love You, Man, and yet his character was one of the funniest that was in there. But I just I generally like watching him, so I enjoy watching this half hour show when it comes on. Uh, some of it's really over the top. It's got the canned laugh soundtrack. It's got the ridiculous premises and the people who are just really broadly drawn. But um, Yvette Nicole Brown is in there, and I really like her. Uh, she was great on Community, and she's great as a Walking Dead super fan. So that came back this week, and I really enjoyed it. Um, the uh, I've watched Big Bang Theory this week. I don't know if you watched that one. Um, no, not yet. Well, here's the thing. This week we had the following. We had Penny finds out that Leonard's been lying to her about something and storms off into the other room. Leonard goes in and tells her, oh, you're so right to be mad at me. Meanwhile, we've got Raj being extra super clingy and creepy, and Bernadette and Howard are trying to push him away. Then they do, and they feel guilty about it because he's just such a nice guy. And meanwhile, Sheldon is completely oblivious to everything, and Amy is pouting. So in other words, we had the literal formula for almost every episode. So that's like every episode. I was counting the actual premise of many episodes of that yeah, show. I was counting off the tropes saying, my God, the writers, they literally just like, they must have a dartboard or some dice. And it's like a Mad Libs at this point, <laughs> you know, just roll a die and see what number comes up. And there you go. Fill it in with adjective, noun and verb. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, and the only other one that I wanted to mention, because it really needs to be mentioned, is uh, last week, not this week, but last week. So we're two episodes in now. Archer came back for its seventh season. Oh, I got to watch that then. It's so good because the premise this I like time. Archer. Yeah. The, the premise this time is um, that they're out in California, so they're not on the East Coast anymore. Yeah. And they're out in California doing a private investigation service hmm. uh, because they've been blacklisted by the CIA and they can't practice espionage anymore. So we're doing the um, intrigue as private investigators so it's still the same kind of humor and the same kind of situations but like the you remember with archer vice the gimmick was you know the new intro and the blowing away of the cocaine for the logo yes yes this one every time they go to commercial they do the old-fashioned uh charlie's angels wipe you know where we see silhouettes in technicolor and they kind of like come together on the screen of people in various poses it's phenomenal it's so good because it's like two seconds long but it's just great Oh, I like that. And uh, so far, they've had a couple of guest stars. Pat Oswalt was on there. Um, a couple of I can't even think of off the top of my head. But it's Archer. It's always good. No matter what, Archer is like pizza. It's just always good. You're always going to enjoy yourself and have a good time. So do yourself a favor. Go catch up on the two episodes. You'll love it. Nice. All right. Yeah, I'll and, do that. Uh, uh, one thing that we had talked about, and I think we should mention it to our listeners right now, because you and I had had a private conversation about this. The Blacklist came back this week, and I know a couple episodes ago we had been talking about how we really wanted to talk about The Blacklist, and we were really excited. You might be saying, well, why aren't they talking about it? It came back this week. Well, because we saw that it said part one of two. Yep. 
we, we tend to shy away from those and watch them. I think we've actually mentioned that on this show. So when the second episode is out, we'll watch them back to back and we'll report the next week and let you know what we thought about it. Yeah, we both tend to, when one of us discovers that it's a, a two-parter, we uh, definitely tip our hat to the other one to let them know because we don't want to uh, have that cliffhanger if we don't yeah. have to deal with it. Yeah, it, when they tell you in advance that it's going to be a two-parter, then you know there's going to be a break in the action. So yep. you kind of want to be able to watch both of them at the same time and get the full effect of the episode. It's meant to be one episode. I mean, especially, exactly, especially if you can't. It's not like it's a, a season finale, you know, cliffhanger right. type of thing. Right. We deal with that like adults. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and just wait for the next season to start. Not but, on protest forms. Exactly. Not, yeah. But, but um if we can, we wait. Yeah. Now, oh, did dear. you hear, Mike, about the Blacklist News coming up this probably fall, that they're doing a spinoff show? Really? Yes. Uh, apparently, from what I've read, they're going to do a complete spinoff. Uh, Famke Jansen is going to be starring as that show's version of Red Reddington. Mm. Like, not specifically Red Reddington, but right. that kind of A character. Red Reddington character. And apparently... Now, this is what makes it interesting for this show. Her version of Elizabeth is going to be Tom. Oh, okay. So it is going to tie in somehow then. Yeah, but I don't know if that means he's going to leave this show to go help her out doing her own thing. If there's going to be a darker side to this one, you know, where's Elizabeth's always been FBI? Maybe he's doing more of the shadowy stuff. But I read that and I was excited. Huh, okay, well, I'll have to take your word for you on the excitement level. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, it hasn't quite sunk in yet. And I know, of course, Red is amazing. You know, James Spader is just awesome. Yes. He's yeah. that character to life like nobody else could. And that is a lot of the draw of the show. But I'm hoping that with the same writers, they can do they can work similar magic. We'll see. Well, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Yes. Yeah. So um, I watched this movie called uh, Jane Got a Gun. Okay. And it stars Natalie Portman. It's about a woman and her husband who is mortally wounded. The husband and woman. The husband's mortally wounded. Natalie Portman's the woman. Uh, they're on the run from an outlaw gang who's fixing to kill him. Funny that. And uh, Natalie enlists her former fiancé to help defend their homestead. It takes place in New Mexico during the uh, 18, uh, late 1860s. So it's a Western, and uh, it's a pretty solid little flick. If you yeah. like Westerns, it's definitely worth checking out. That's that's not a huge sell. Um, I'm not going to sell it hard. Okay. I mean, I watched it, and I just went, well, that was enjoyable. <laughs> okay. All right. That makes sense. Uh, another not-so-heavy huge sell I'm going to throw out there, a movie called Mountain Men. It was uh, written and directed by Cameron Labine. It stars his brother, Tyler Labine. I love Tyler Labine. I do as well. And it also stars, uh, the, his, they play, he plays a brother with a guy named Chase Crawford, another actor. I'm not familiar with him. And um, essentially, I'm just going to read the synopsis because I was trying to figure out a way to word this. And then I read the synopsis. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to read the synopsis. Go for it. And it was on uh, Netflix. I watched this on Netflix, by the way. And it says, uh, Mountain Man is a comedy drama. That follows two estranged brothers, Toph and Cooper, as they journey to a remote family cabin in the mountains to evict a squatter. And this is in Colorado, so they're in, it's the wintertime. Uh, bird resentment and bruised egos soon derail the plan. And when the smoke clears, they've destroyed their car and they've burned down the cabin and they've been left stranded on a cold Rocky Mountain winter. And now with their survival at stake, they must learn to work together as brothers to get back to civilization. 
but it's funny. Really? Yeah, it's actually really good. Like, I would definitely take the time. It's on, uh, like I said, it's on Netflix. Okay. Tyler, Blaine, Tyler Labine plays the older brother, and in the kind of role reversal, he's idolizing his younger brother. Like, he looks up to his younger brother as the younger brother who left town and, and went and moved to big New York City and got himself a big fancy girlfriend and on and on and on. And it's the younger brother who comes back for the mom's wedding, and basically his life is in the shits. And... It's not as impressive as he let on. Um, and then there's other some other drama. And then there's some uh, bodily injuries, so it's funny. And, I've uh, yeah. Seen, I've never seen anything with Tyler Labine where he wasn't a riot. Oh, no. His, his character is definitely all the comedy of the show. And, uh, yeah, no, no. It's it's not Tucker and Dale versus evil type of comedy like that. Aww. No, I don't know if that will – I mean, I've heard words of a sequel – you know, they both kind of talked about it. But uh, anyways, yeah, no, this is definitely it's definitely worth checking out. Cool. And I would definitely. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a hard sell on that one. OK, OK. I uh, I appreciate a good hard sell. I uh, I watched a movie last night. It's an older one, um, but it was the second in the Maze Runner series. It was called The Scorch Trials. All right. Now, of course, these are based on books, young adult dystopia. The reason that I liked uh, The Maze Runner so much, I was talking to somebody about this recently, is because unlike most other young adult things that have been coming out lately, like the Twilight series or the Divergent series, there wasn't really a lot or any really of um, stupid, weak, uh, forced romance you know, it seems that a lot of times when you have a young adult dystopian novel, uh, you've got to have the crisis between a male and female protagonist and their love for each other, whether it's forbidden or impossible or whatever. But The Maze Runner was just all about survival, action, mystery. Uh, it was quite thrilling, actually. There were a few parts where it was right on the edge of your seat with the giant beasts that were trying to kill them and, you know, figuring out what was going on inside the maze. So I really liked it. So I actually wanted to see the second movie. And I got to say, um, I kind of mystery science theatered this movie. It Like, as much as I liked the first one, this one I found myself poking holes and joking around and uh, throwing my hands up in the air at some of the tropes that we had talked about earlier. You know, just the different things where people it's kind of ridiculous the one thing i'll give them credit for is that right in the beginning of the movie we're taken to a mysterious organization like it starts off literally landing a helicopter in the middle of nowhere mysterious building with lights and and enemies are coming after you and they're all ushered into the building and uh within like five to ten minutes you find out that the building is not what it seems because it never is i mean come on and uh they hatch a plan and break out you know, most movies, that would be most of the movie, was figuring out that there's something nefarious going on and having, you know, high-anxiety missions where they try to sneak around and figure out what's going on, and finally they get out. But no, it was like within the first 10 minutes, so I could appreciate that. It's something you don't normally see. But overall, the uh, the movie had a lot of plot holes. Um, it had a lot of head-scratcher moments. Uh, it just wasn't nearly as good as the first one, in my opinion. It really, it felt more forced in a lot of places. So what you're saying is your hard sell is don't bother watching this movie. Pretty much. Unless you're really in that kind of mood where you want to sit down and make fun of something. 
because it is just ripe for the picking right there. You can sit down and you could have so much fun. Like literally at one point, there's one person who wants to go out on his own terms. You know, he's like, no, just leave me behind. Go. So instead of shooting him in the head and leaving him, they hand him the only gun that they have and all walk away single file. And then when they hear the gunshot go off, they all stop and turn back to look and then keep walking. They left him with their only weapon. It was ridiculous. There's sounds, no <laughs> sounds irresponsible on their part. Exactly. There's nobility, and then there's just stupid. Like you don't do that. That would have been like leaving him with their entire water supply as they walked across the desert. You know. I'm trying to think. There was this movie I watched. It was based on a. It was a movie I watched based on a video game, and it was like I suppose like the video game was almost like a. A first-person shooter type game, and it Doom? was like, no, oh, no, it wasn't no, no, Doom. it was like House zombies or something. Yes, House of the Dead. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I knew because just in where you that were going. movie, like every other person, selflessly sacrifices himself for the greater good. And I'm just like, like, eh, like everyone's like, I'll, I'll kill myself this time, so you can get ten feet further down the hall, and someone else is going to have to. Yeah, that. like I remember watching that, and like, like. 90% of the cast just sacrificed themselves for the quote-unquote greater good. <laughs> Which it turned out was ridiculous anyway because then somebody else had to do it. Right, exactly. Yeah, it just kept happening over and over and over and over. <laughs> At some point, you're just being irresponsible with your life. Exactly, yes. Like, it's supposed <laughs> to happen once in a flick, not this many times. So, yeah, there will be a third movie in the series they already the title of the movie is the death cure which pretty much gives away like at the end of this movie they're talking about oh we need to find a cure well then the third movie is called the death cure so i think they kind of tip their hats on that one at least they try to find one (laughs) i will definitely watch it like on netflix like i did with this one but i am not going to go out of my way to see it in theaters i'm not gonna bother at all to watch it no i don't think you're missing out on anything kind of like i watched uh, the first hunger games flick and I have not watched uh, the other three at all. Oh, see, I will watch the other three. Or, yeah, the other three. I haven't. I don't know if I will. I mean, I think they're all like on Netflix or Hulu or something. I mean, like I, they're available for me to watch. I just right. haven't. I just haven't bothered. Yeah, the uh, that's another case where the book I feel had more in it. It's nice to get the visuals, but the movies they wanted to appeal to a broad enough audience so they can yeah. make more money. But the books had a lot of gore. You know, they had people getting stabbed through the throat and. and entrails coming out. And yeah, the a- books were a lot more violent. Yeah. Were, yes, and the books were 100%, you know, Katniss's narrative, so it definitely changes the point of view of the movie and you get you feel for her, you get to know her character a lot more intimately and and see where she's at and realize that she's just, you know, essentially like a scared teenager and I don't know how it comes out in the movies and the and the other three. I just know in the first one I didn't get that feeling. Right, yeah. I was surprised with that because I did the reverse. I watched the movie, then read the book. And yeah. being in the first person in the book, really, you're right. It like it focused more on her, yeah. and she felt more human than in the movies where she's Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, like I, I read all three books in a matter of like four days. Yeah, they're not very long. Well, but well, they're they're decent enough. But it's just a point. Like I was that drawn into them that I read them so rapidly. Right. But then when it came to the movies, like I've had no urge whatsoever after walk- I mean, I saw the first one in the theater and I walked out so disappointed. It's almost like I was watching <laughs> episode three. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but anyways, so, uh, but yeah, uh, 
So I've, I just had no urge to watch the other ones at all. Well, plus, like you just said, you know, you've got the whole story. You've read the yeah. books. You know yeah. everything that happened. So I can understand that completely. Right. Well, conversely, though, there's a movie called uh, – there's a book called Thinner. It's by Stephen King written under the name Richard Bachman. And I watched the movie first. I really liked the movie. And then I read the book. And it's actually the book and the movie line up pretty tremendously well. And um, that's something where I've actually occasionally will sit down and read the book. And I'll occasionally sit down and watch the movie. And I can enjoy both of them. And that's the only example I can really give you. Uh, I'll give you one in the same area, The Dark Half by Stephen King as well. Uh, read yes. the book, watched yep. the movie, lined up so well. Yeah. Yeah. Very good movie. Very good book. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got one more movie to talk about. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to give you a kind of a hard sell. It's called Blood Sucking Bastards. Okay. And basically what it is, you got your typical uh, The Office office setting, disgruntled employees who are lazy and, and don't do their job and screw up the whole time. You have the one hard worker who's the go-getter and he gets passed over for the promotion by his old college nemesis who turns out is a vampire and starts to turn everybody else in the office. <laughs> um, and it's, it's funny. It's definitely more funny than scary. And it's very gory. Um, lots of blood. And uh, yeah, it's, it's actually really enjoyable. It's got that one of those casts where you're like, oh, okay, I know him. Oh, I know him. I know her. Um, like, for instance, uh, Fran Krantz plays the leader of the guy. And like you'll watch that, and you're like, okay, he was in, um, he was on Dollhouse. Ah, he played gotcha. Topher Brink on Dollhouse. He played, he was the scientist that created the technology of the dolls. Gotcha. You know, and then oh, he was also on Cabin in the Woods. He was like the stoner guy that you think is dead, but he's not dead near the end. Yep. Um, so like, there's like that. Then there the uh, his best friend in it is played by Joey Kern, who was the the douche on Cabin Fever. Ah, uh, the douche. Such yeah, a yeah. great typecast role. <laughs> uh, but I really, really liked him in this. I thought he was great in this. So, um, yeah, I definitely would. It's on Netflix. Oh, no, it's not on Netflix yet. Sorry, but it will be. Um, but, yeah, if you get a chance to find it, it's on On Demand. Uh, definitely check it out. You said it was Bloodsucking Bastards? Yes, Bloodsucking Bastards. Yeah. Okay. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. I really, really enjoyed it. I watched it with uh, Kate's cousin Johnny Friday night. And, uh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So... Um, now I think that we owe it to the listeners to talk about the, uh, trailer that we watched this week. Okay. Now I, come on, Mike, I know you know what I'm talking about. You're talking about Rogue One? I'm talking about Rogue One, Mike. Uh, are you one of those, uh, internet people whose feelings have been hurt because there's yet another female lead actress? I think you know me a little bit better than that. I am not hurt at all. I'm thrilled. I know. Exactly. I think it's great. I love the trailer. I could care less who's the lead in it. I think it looks great. Um, Forrest Whitaker's in it. <laughs> May um, the forest be with you. Exactly. Um, Alan Tudyk is in it. I don't yes. know what role he's playing, but I'm excited to find out. If he's the pilot or a pilot, <laughs> if there's no nod to Wash, I'll be disappointed. Um, but, yeah, so I, I thought it was great. I mean, I, they didn't show us a lot. There was definitely a good teaser level. But they showed us so much. Yes, it was. No, you're right. But but being able to see back the days of the early rebellion, seeing the young Mon Mothma, you know, there were granted very few, but there were a few people who didn't like uh, 
the oh, I was about to say the Phantom Menace. Holy God, nobody liked the Phantom Menace. No, um, the Force Awakens. Yeah. You know, people were like, "Oh, it's too far beyond. We missed the classic Star Wars." Yeah. But this looks so good because it is classic Star Wars. Yep. You know, it's the old school days. Watching that dish be put into the Death Star. It, it's. It really scratched an itch for the nerd in me, and I loved The Force Awakens. I really did. I can't wait to watch it again and again and again. But seeing this old school stuff, seeing the old stormtroopers, the old walkers, it was just amazing. I'm looking forward to the movie so much as well. Like I'll definitely buy tickets to go on sale. We got to make sure you, that you come with us this time. And yes. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do the opening first show on Thursday. Like Kane and I did last uh, last year for right. Force Awakens, or if I'm going to be cool dad and pull him out of school. <laughs> My wife just gave me a look and shook her head no. So we're going to Thursday night first screening. Uh, <laughs> so let's uh, let's no cool sure. dad for you. Nope, no cool dad for me. So well, still I'm taking Thursday night first screening. That's pretty darn cool. Um, so yeah, definitely I'm. I've already got it written down in my book. My nice. uh, you know. I have a calendar for my work, keeps track of my days off and everything. And, and actually, that's already a night off, too. I know that for a fact. So Excellent. Yeah, definitely going to that. Um, you got to go with us this time. Kane was a little disappointed. Uncle John can come with us to see The Force Awakens. Gotcha. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I got one more thing. Okay. Bring it it's on. my last thing. I found out about this last night. Back in 2009... Uh, Funnier Die came out with a, one of their little four-minute skits. It's called The Ballad of G.I. Joe. I watched okay. it on YouTube. It is hilarious. It's uh, these two singers dressed as dreadnoughts, and they're talking about what the Joes and the Cobras do in, at night on their time off when they have downtime. And it's it's hilarious. And, it's of course, it's star-studded with Julianne Moore, Vinnie Jones, Henry Rollins, Alan Tudyk, Alexis Bedell, um Zach Gaffinakis, whatever. Gaffinakis. Um, there you go. You said it right. But uh, my f- all-time favorite, or my all-time favorite part about this is Sergeant Slaughter plays Sergeant Slaughter. Excellent. They got Robert That's Rebus a deep pull. to play Sergeant Slaughter, and it was awesome. But, yeah, definitely worth checking out. It's on, it's on uh, YouTube. I'll link it onto the uh, Twitter page here after this goes up tomorrow. Excellent. Uh, I'll link it on the Twitter page on the Twitter for people there that check us out on the Twitter. Um, yeah, worth, it's worth your four minutes. Outstanding. I've got it written down. Good, good. So I think that about covers it. I finished up Daredevil this week, but we could talk about that another time. Yeah, we'll talk about that next time. And unfortunately, I think we've we're, we've definitely gone overtime. Yep. So uh, I'll, I'll try and get Ash and Evil Dead. Ash versus Evil Dead next week. Then. Yep. Yep. Sorry about that, Ash. Sorry about yep. that. We'll we'll get you in here next time. Yeah, you know, for sure this time. Just ran out of time. That's right. So cool. So why don't you take us out, Mike? All right. Well, hey, thanks again for listening. Uh, this is episode five of uh, What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. You can find me at uh, Superstar ML. And my name is John, and you can find me at The Quantum Geek. That's G33K. And uh, the show is uh, What Did You Watch uh, on the Twitter as well. And, uh, yeah, so drop us a note. Tell us what you think. We appreciate all your feedback, guys, and thanks for listening. 